Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. This is Kat, your host, and it is good to be back. I know it's been a while, and while I've been down, I have been looking for stories from all over the place to bring to you. I will be trying to change things up a little bit. I'll be trying to make the podcast about 15 minutes or more. Please feel free to leave any f- feedback. I want to say thank you to everyone who has been downloading my podcast for the last year and a half. I cannot thank you enough. Before we start, I would like to just take care of some housekeeping, um, starting with the podcast. I am available on podbean.com, iTunes, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. This will be the first podcast that I will put on pod, podbean.com that will have the ability to allow crowdfunding. Um, with that said, I will be taking part of those donations and donating that to a charity. Uh, the charities that are up for the choice for this time around is the Humane Society. There is a story behind that and our local fire department. With that said, anytime that there is a donation made, I will definitely give a shout out on the podcast for the next upcoming podcast. Um, I do not have anything uh, like stickers or um, magnets or cups or anything like that. I don't have that ability at this point in time. I'm just getting started. Will I have something? I would love to get something started, but at this point in time, I just don't have that available to me. But that being said, let's dive into the podcast for today. This is episode 57, and we will be talking about the murder of Lucille Rickroad. Please forgive me. I know it's been a long time, and I feel like I'm starting over from scratch. Let's get back to the podcast. Today... The family that we're going to talk about is going to be a really strange case for this particular homicide. Now, I know I've spoken about living in a small town before, and if you live in one, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone knows everyone, and everyone knows something about something or somebody or somebody's business, whether it's true or not. This week, we're going to go to Green Township and to the Rick Rod's home. I must confess that I came across this while looking for something to write about, and it caught my attention because of the just the vagueness of it. And, and you will see what I mean. When I go to post sources, usually I have a full page of sources. There's barely anything on this except for just the couple that I have found. Um, while I was looking through newspaper articles, I came, I came across one that was from 2017, and that was the anniversary date for this particular murder of Lucille Rickrod. And according to that article from the AP, Robert Rickrod considered Lucille his soulmate. And this is a quote from his oldest daughter, Diane Guerin. 
In the early morning hours of July 24, 1967, Lucille Robert, Lucille Robert and their son Bob, who was 17 at the time, were awakened, and this is according to the Washington Times article, by a commotion around 3 a.m. and had seen that there was a truck that was stuck in a ditch outside their home in the rural area on Samson Road. Now, I grew up in the country where it would take longer than 10 to 15 minutes for the police and or medical personnel to show up for any kind of help. So I understand where they're coming from. Then volunteer fire service usually got a bad rap because of the amount of time it would take to get to somebody's home whenever you lived in the country. And I'm talking about way out there. You took a chance with certain things. So that being said, back into the podcast. And if something was going on outside and they didn't come to your door, meaning the person who was in distress or whatever, and they weren't on your property, you usually didn't go looking for problems. And if they didn't need something, if they did need something, they would come to your door. If not, they, they wouldn't just, they just go on their merry way. That meant that they knew where they were. They knew that area. And you usually found out about it later on down the line through the gossip columns. But on this night, Robert said that the guy who was stuck must not have needed anything because he hadn't come to the house for anything. But he had been wrong. Even though the young man had gone back to bed when his dad had said, that particular phrase, if the person had needed something, they would have come to the door. That's when he heard gunshots. According to the news articles, there was a gun that came through a window and was shot towards them. It hit Lucille, the mother, first. There were two more shots, one hitting Robert below the elbow, one more shot, and that one was towards the oldest son at the who was at the home at the time, whose name was Bob, which thankfully had missed. Bob had checked his mom and seen that she had been shot in the chest and said, I think she's gone, which he had said to his father, whose response was, don't tell me that. At that point, Bob tied off his father's wounded arm with a tourniquet and dialed the operator, who in turn summoned help. Bob used to go to the fire hall with his dad and watch his dad in action as a volunteer fireman. So Bob did know what to do, thankfully for his father. The state police had taken the younger children who, whose ages were ranging from three to nine who, who had been sleeping upstairs to a neighbor's house. When they got to looking into whose vehicle it belonged to, it came back to one David Kostovic who was 27 years old at the time. Kostovic had been watching races at the nearby Speedway before the shootings. And in this article, it says afterwards. So he at some point got stuck, shot somebody, ran back to the races, and then in this roundabout way, ended up in his father's home, explaining to his father that he shot someone. Now, in amongst this, Kostovic also, Kostovic also made it back to Erie to his apartment with his wife and infant child 
who then ended up in a standoff with a high, he had a high powered rifle. He ended up with in a standoff with the, with the Erie police. So there's a lot of things in here that do not make sense. And there's a quote in here from Richard Brabender, who at the time was Erie County's district attorney. It was hard for him to imagine someone mad enough to shoot a person just because their truck got stuck in a ditch, which it's true. I mean, if you got your truck stuck in a ditch, why would you shoot the person in the house outside where your truck is stuck? You would want to get help unless there is something else going on there. Now, Kostovic was charged with homicide and assault with intent to kill. At his trial the following spring, Robert Rickrod ID'd Kostovic as the shooter. Kostovic testified on his own behalf, which is usually an unusual in itself. Kostovic denied shooting anyone and accused his own father of being the gunman. Kostovic was acquitted by the jury. So there was something in there in his testimony that the people did not believe that he was able to do what he was accused of. Now, when he was acquitted, Kostovic was quoted as saying, thank God, thank God. And that was according to the Cumberlink article. Now, you would think that if David Kostovic accused his father of being the shooter, would he have been charged? No, nobody has ever been charged in this murder. Now, in the aftermath of this, David Kostovic died in 1980. His death had been ruled a homicide due to carbon monoxide poisoning, which most likely had been prompted from depression and his financial problems. Because, I mean, with this looming over him, I'm sure it was like an albatross hanging over his neck wherever he went. It was, even though he had been acquitted, people talked about him, people knew who he was, he wasn't able to get a good job, if he had work at all, and that just was there all the time. And even though he said he didn't do it, or even if I don't know these people, um, you know, you can sit there and say, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. If there is that little bit of doubt in anybody's brain, they're not going to believe you. With that said, you know, the Kostovic family had their own turmoil to go through. Now, the Rickrod family, their aftermath, they tried to get life back to as normal as possible with the loss of a parent. Robert, after losing part of his arm, ended up losing his job as an ice cream salesman since he could no longer make his deliveries. Mr. Rickrod had many sleepless nights after the shooting, according to the article, since he couldn't sleep in the dark since it happened in the dark. He kept hearing the noise of the gun, which that would be, I think, anybody having that kind of problem. So 
Mr. Rickrod ended up taking a job delivering newspapers for the Erie Times. His first route he took over from his son's future mother-in-law, and then he ended up taking on a second route and ended up having a route where he delivered to more than 600 homes daily and 900 on Sundays. Robert would steer the wheel with his stomach and roll the papers with his right arm, according to his son, Bob. Robert was asked by his daughter, Diane, how he did it, and his reply was, I just do it. Robert managed to keep his family together after such a tragedy. He moved to be closer to family to help with his children who were still living at home. The Rickrod family had wonderful communities surrounding them. St. Gregory's Parish enrolled the younger children tuition-free. The older children chipped in where they could, where whether it was helping take care of their younger siblings or helping with just making their childhood as normal as possible with the purchase of a bike for Christmas. The Rickrod family continued to live on and they continued to remember their mother who was lost on the night of July 31st, 1967, even though no one has truly been brought to justice for her mother. I hope that you enjoyed this case. I know it's not the usual ones I do, especially whenever there's so little to go on. But please let me know what you think, and I hope to see you all back once again. I do plan on doing a podcast on the Long Island Killer. I had already written a podcast for that. I just need to update it. Uh, especially since all of this new information had come up with the arrest of the suspected killer and all of this new information that's been coming out about all his homes and stuff like that all across the country. So that that will be a much more in-depth podcast, and those podcasts will be uh, broken down into uh, smaller segments, so just like this one here. So... For that being said, I hope again that you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like and share. And again, I know a lot of people are doing this, but for me to continue, I'm, I, I do need to start asking for uh, people to go in, donate as little as a dollar. And that way I can keep bringing you these types of podcasts that you guys have been enjoying. Remember, I'm on podbean.com, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and Instagram. Until next time, this is Kat signing off.